You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, we like <clears throat> celebrating first here on Water Flying. And uh, today we have with us the world's newest seaplane pilot. Wow. But also our very first astronaut on the podcast, Mr. Story Musgrave. Hello, Steve and Abby. So great to have you here, Story. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure and a privilege to be here. Well, how does it feel to be the world's newest seaplane pilot? It just feels fantastic to be a seaplane pilot at all. It's just gorgeous flying. I love it. Love it. And um, love it. who was your instructor? <laughs> so, well, uh, there was an Abby... There was an Abbey. There was an Abbey. There okay. was an Abbey Calais, or I should say Colette, I guess. And there was also piles of them. So uh, just piles of them. And so Ken, of course, and well, the whole gang over there. So I'm a listener. It was and, just an uh, honor to have you, really. Yeah. We're all just excited to have gotten to fly with you. So we'd love to hear a little bit about you. Um, story. What is your story? <clears throat> What's so, your day job? What's your day job? I'll make it as quick as I can. Sold an airplane at the age of 13 on a grass strip. So I did conventional gear airplanes, little ones, you know, for three or four years, then off in the Marine Corps. I was an engine mechanic, crew chief, then a plane captain in Korea and on a carrier to USS Wasp. And then uh, in civilian life, I took up the usual general aviation course of ground instructor, instructor, you know, instrument instructor, and um, commercial pilot, and ATP, and that kind of stuff. Then the space program happened, and so... A little thing called the space program. The space program. So, you know, even in college, I couldn't pursue that, because there was none. And so, life happens. But um, in my day, I had to be a military pilot, so NASA sent me to the Air Force for a year, and even being a Marine, I loved every second of that. And I started flying with uh, <clears throat> flying with NASA, flying the airplanes and their spaceships. And uh, I took up soaring in the time I became an amateur aerobatic pilot and amateur uh, sailplane aerobatic pilot. And now, man, I'm into uh, I'm into seaplane flying, and I'm into my little sweetie. That's my uh, air cam. Your sweetie, yeah, you, you have a new airplane. She's my little sweetie. I'm already kissing her. You know, I kiss machinery. Does she have a name? Not yet. Not yet, really. <laughs> you have to christen her. That's I'm I'm a default, but not yet having a name. I guess I have to let it come to me I when I that. really yeah. get to know her. So I I want to go back to your day job. So you made it sound like so blasé. I you know I started flying. Mm-hmm. And then a little thing came along like the space program. But you have a, a pretty amazing history. So you flew all five space shuttles? I did. <clears throat> it's the luck of the draw. You got a mission, you got to fly, and uh, what, uh, what vehicles available. But there are certain differences. Like Columbia had more oxygen and hydrogen tanks. 
and that determines uh, how you can how long you can stay up. And so uh, Columbia, you can stay up. I was on the longest shuttle flight too, Challenger's first flight, a bunch of stuff like that. And you're the only astronaut that flew all five, right? Yes, it's the luck of the draw, like I say. You got a mission to fly, and that's the vehicle you're getting. But Story, that's not your only day job. You are also Dr. Story Musgrave. I was a drama surgeon for 28 years while I was with NASA. It was two or three days a month to stay current in medicine and to make what contributions I could to uh, drama surgery. So I know we've talked about this, and... I mentioned that I, I just don't understand how you had enough time to make everything happen, how you made yourself a qualified astronaut for multiple missions and a pretty um, successful trauma surgeon. One little step at a time. What you're going to bite off today. Yeah, but what I like is the fact that you are so um, serious about getting a higher education. And I, I mean, you're if there was ever a poster child for someone pursuing and and trying to further their themselves through education. You have how many degrees now? I guess it's about seven so far. And what are they? Let's see. I have to have to think about that. <clears throat> mathematics. And like then, uh, a little a little light subject. Yeah, I did mathematics because whatever you do in life, you got to deal with the details. You must deal with all the variables that are going to affect the outcome of the situation. So that's what got me into multivariate calculus and multivariate statistics. From then, I got into the precursor for systems engineering, which is called operations research. But to deal with all those numbers, I needed a mainframe to do that. And so I became a compiler and assembler. That's machine language. And I also became a mainframe mechanic because uh, when you got all these vacuum tubes, which one is burnt out, I'd stuff variables into one end and see what came out the other end. And that's the way... In my own farmer kind of way, I was able to determine what vacuum tube was broken. Uh, but that, uh, so my education, of course, is I'm changing fields, I'm changing jobs, and so, but from the mainframes, I got interested in how brain works. I could have said, leave it alone story on the ground floor of a great field. I couldn't. I need to understand how the brain works. And so, okay, I'm going to go PhD in neurophysiology or medicine. I need to do my pre-meds and took a major in uh, chemistry at Marietta and off to being a neurophysiologist. and uh, But I'm a neurophysiologist for digital companies today. And so that's really what artificial intelligence is. It's a combination of digital fields and, uh, and neurophysiology, the brain. Well, now I feel like a complete underachiever. Uh, no, no, not a, no one. Thanks a lot. No, it's... Um, no, now you look at very... You look at jobs and you look at the people... And so, you know, one of my ultimate heroes is I'm in uh, the grocery store Publix and I'm checking out and a little gal putting things, putting the groceries in the plastic bags. And I asked her, ma'am, how old are you? She said, 14. That gal, she know, and I says, you're going somewhere, ma'am. She says, I know that, sir. So that's what it's all about. Same with Chick-fil-A. You know, gals run, run, picking the garbage off the table and off the floor. And she came up to me and said, sir, what more can I do for you? I says, ma'am, you're going somewhere. Same answer. I know that, sir. See, that's it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, you know, it's that. You just keep adding on. You keep being the best you can. You keep going forward. One step at a time. One step at a time, and it's that, that simple. I can drink with a fraternity on weekends, or I can drive tanks the way I did. I drive tanks during the weekends, and I drink later on. 
Yeah. It's like those little choices you make in life. You know, are you going to go right or left? Are you doing this or that? Yes. It all ends up being who you are. It sure does. And you don't want to plan too strictly. If you lay out to plan too hard and too fast and too far into the future, you're eliminating the possibilities that come your way. It's true. You need to be flexible along the way. And you need to grab onto the next thing that you've acquired, the next skill you have, and then make a decision, where should I go from here? So now I'm doing seaplanes. Okay, but uh, one more thing before we get to seaplanes. You you did one other thing besides uh, go on all these shuttle missions. You really influenced modern astronomy and advanced science in so many ways because you, you did a little repair project out in space. Yeah, Julie Mechanic Fix Hubble Telescope, but most importantly there, I worked on it for 18 years before I went to go and fix it. They asked me way back in 75 that I'd be the astronaut on the team and to design it for serviceability, maintainability, identify every failure you can get into and what you're going to do about it with a spacewalk. So Hubble was designed ahead of time to be worked on with a spacewalk to repair anything that could go wrong with it. But that's the farm kit in me, and that's the heavy construction equipment. That's the tank driver in me. That's the airplane um, mechanic, crew chief. It all it all added up, you see. Of course, I got that job. Yeah. You just like solving problems. I mean, that's my... Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is, problem solver. <clears throat> and that's, that's seaplane flying. You, It's a seaplane flying. You need to be a problem solver. You need to look at all the possibilities that could happen. And you run into cases, you know, that are not straightforward, and you've got to solve the problem. How am I going to do this best? Is that what made you want to get your seaplane rating? You saw it as kind of an extension of the career you've already built? Yeah, I think, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it started there. It started with the love of water and the love of nature and all, all the rest of that stuff. But as soon as I saw the creativity that you need, and the artistic skills that you have to have. Then, of course, the excitement, uh, the ecstasy just climbed. Yeah, that's amazing. I so, wish I had done it much earlier, but, you know, it's hard to do everything, and you don't discover it. You have to discover things before you can pursue them. Was this your first time flying a J-3? I know I've flown all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> no, I did the I did the conventional gear stuff way back. So this is the first time on floats? Yes. Yeah. Wow. So um, how many aircraft have you flown, and, and how is how does that add up to this, this J3 on floats experience? Well, I'm prob- I think whatever the counting is, I've probably flown about 160, but you all know what that means. It means a particular airplane, maybe I have just one hour in because someone took me on a ride and let me fly. But I do have like... A, almost 8,000 hours in the north of T-38. So some airplanes, you only have an hour of recreational flying. and Others, you the ones I owned along the way, of course, I had a lot more. in. So that's the way how many airplanes you flew. And that T-38, so you've taken multiple beautiful pictures <clears throat> of that aircraft from that aircraft, and you've actually compiled it into your own photographic yes, book. A, yes, I did a book on that after shooting it for 45 years to celebrate its 50th anniversary. I came out with a book. Well, I think we need to do a new book on you flying your new baby, the air cam. Ah. We didn't take enough pictures. Uh-huh. We should have taken more pictures. 
yes, we will get there. And uh, me and Phil, you know, the creator and the designer of uh, the air cam, we have outrageous pictures in which we did formation with a speedboat. And we actually landed and took off together with a speedboat. And the pictures are really pretty wonderful. <laughs> if you do say you're so yourself. <laughs> but, you know, the air cam was designed for photographers. And it so the was. fact that you've latched onto it and you recognize it as a tool for your photography, for your art, mm-hmm. and you get to enjoy the seaplane flying of it. So it's sort of the merging of those two worlds. It is. In a wonderful it's gorgeous way. And that's what created it. It's part of the forces that created its design. So what would you tell someone about why they might want to go get a seaplane rating and what your experience was like training <laughs> with Abby? Oh, <laughs> should, we ask, should, should we ask that question? Sure. I had a great time. Yeah. She's well, like, I'm flying with freaking Story Musgrave. And then she found out he's like anyone else. Story ain't no different than anyone else, except he listens. You do listen. He's humble. You do listen. He listens. And folks, you want to learn something? Listen. And surrender to the situation, the machine, the instructor, everything else. Give yourself over to it and do it. I'm just, I'm begging people, you know, please leave the ego at the door. Everyone is a student. That's right. Story Musgrave is a student. Everyone is a student that comes in. You're learning something new. That was part of the pleasure. The great about this is we talked about this in one of our very first podcasts on how to get a seaplane rating. And we were like, you need to be humble and you need to just listen and absorb. And so uncued, one of the first things you say is you just need to be humble and listen to your instructor. So thank you. But not even coming from me anymore. You know, it's a success story at this point. Look what happens when you can listen and you allow yourself to absorb the information. And uh, another step, another direction is you've got to listen to nature. You have to listen as you've taught me You've got to listen to the water. You've got to research it. A strip of concrete or asphalt is a strip of concrete, and that's it. And yes, you've got weather, and yes, you've got different winds and stuff. But the nature, so it's not just that you have waves and white caps and, and uh, glassy and all the rest of that kind of stuff. Nature is unbelievably creative in the different environments it's going to present to you. And so that's really what's fun. You gotta, you really gotta think about what you're doing, and you gotta reconnoiter. You know, every approach and landing and every takeoff, you gotta study it. I'm and sure that's fun. It's a it threat, is. but it's fun. And I'm sure you noticed this. You know, going from that aerobatic flying that you do, did as an amateur, you know, the airplane should act as an extension of your body. You're not fighting this <clears> machine. <throat> it is part of you that's to right. make this amazing thing happen. So um, you're working with nature. You're talking about all these different elements that you have to work with. So it's just interesting to see how different parts of your flying career have added up to you being an excellent seaplane pilot. Listen, yeah, and fly with fingertips. And, and of course, uh, unfortunately, my right arm tends to pull to the right a little bit. That's a tendency. That's okay. (laughs) It's not okay, but it's just life. I mean, it's okay, Story. That's what you do. We just need that right arm trim, Bill yes. That right arm trim? <laughs> that right arm yeah. trim. But this is, this, folks, this is just all part of the business here. 
But that's how you learn and it. And you listen, and you don't fight with people. Doggone it, when they say this is it, listen. And you say, doggone it, you're right. And so what I've said to all my instructors here this entire week, you're right, and doggone it, I'm going to try next time. And it's humility, damn it. So it's just humility. You well, did say that. You did. Like, yes. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't have wanted to be in your shoes, quite honestly. I mean, uh, how do you approach the, the problem of teaching Story Musgrave how to fly? I'm easy. Uh, yeah. I, I know, and, and that's what's so amazing. You found out how easy I am. <laughs> And and that's the the beauty of the humility and and everything else and and like I said I know you must have been shaking in your boots. <laughs> um, I was I a little your doc shoes. <laughs> I don't think she was not Abby, <laughs> not Abby. <laughs> Solid as a rock. So I got to tell you, I was a little starstruck. You know, you came in, you had these materials that you were offering to sign for us, just so incredibly generous. And so right off the bat, it was. You know, I'm flying with someone that has made this impact on not just the United States, but certainly the world. The entire world, yeah. The space program, I mean, just beyond our atmosphere. Absolutely amazing. But at the end of the day, you were. You were just a student. I told you to go home and study, just like every other student. I told you to flare, just like every other student. Yeah, pull back. Pull back. We were still working on his oral last night. You had to pull back. (laughs) Pull back more. Pull back more. I have nightmares about that now. I'm so sorry. All I had to do is apologize. Doggone it. Again, I didn't get enough of that, but I got it today. You did. I finally ended up with it today. Better late than never. I'm taking you through the checklist. I want to see you complete the checklist. Don't go halfway through and then quit. Finish the checklist every time. And I will take it with me. The airplane's not stopping just because you pause on the checklist. Exactly. You're still in motion. Thinking ahead of this airplane. So really, you were just, you were any other student. Yep. Thank you. That's a compliment. Good. Good. And it's a compliment to, to you, I mean, uh, to be able to do that. So uh, it was a, an important lesson for, for everyone. I get a typewriting and a citation or some. You give yourself over to flight safety. Here I am. And you're running the thing, and man, give it to me. I'm going to do the whole thing. That's what that's what learning. It's not just seaplane or other airplanes. That's what learning is all about. So, do we dare bring up plow turns? What's your favorite maneuver? I don't mind plow turns as much as the book minds them. <laughs> I, I, I other people, uh, I've read the books, and you know the books don't like them so good. And so, but I've been taught by y'all it's a last resort. So you, I do love the you know the weather vaning, and I love uh, having some rudders back there. But I, I love the momentum turn, and that's art. Yeah. Swinging it as far as you can in one direction and scooting in the other way, and hope you'll round the corner and get downwind. But I, I also when when worse comes to worse, I don't mind a plow turn. Maybe I should mind it more. But it's okay. I think it works, doggone it. It works. I think one of the things all of us enjoy as seaplane pilots, and you talk about doing like an, you know, an upwind to a downwind turn, is that your control inputs are constantly changing. It, it requires a lot of coordination, and it, it requires that you feel what the water is doing and what the air is doing. You're you very gotta, in touch, yes. you got to understand the machine, too. you got to understand, you know, ailerons. You're not always putting a stick in the direction you want to go, so you look at the drag, the downward, the downward aileron, and all of that. And so there's a lot of thought that goes into that. It's a dance. It really is. It is. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I call it the ballet. I always call it a ballet. You I know? like that. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, what's your impression when you come down on the water? You're in the J3 Cub. You've got the doors open, and, and you can f- feel and smell that spray coming off the floats and stuff. I mean, what, what sea, was your impression? At seaplane flying. <laughs> That's why we do it. At seaplane flying, I'll tell you, I am mesmerized by it. I just can't say enough about the water. Out there practicing myself, you know, I'll do a maneuver and do, and then I'll just kick back and relax and let that beauty weather vane back and forth and darn near. Sometimes they're gonna put me to sleep and they have to kind of come <laughs> rocking you like a to, baby. Have to come get me. But I'll tell you, that's uh, it's you are immersed in nature. You're immersed in nature and the various forces of uh, sunrise and sunset and. Uh, the winds and the waves and the creatures, the creatures you're flying with. I mean, I could go on forever here. It's just a total immersion in nature and the art of uh, flying, the way the creatures fly. You can say that, the way the creatures fly, they're with you. They always land into the wind. Um, and, and I think I've never really thought about it till just now as you were talking, you know, the similarities of being a photographer and looking down on the water and assessing the waves and assessing the wind, you know, and, and, as seaplane pilots, we have to be so in tune with the environment, which is one of the things I really enjoyed about all the photography I've done. Yeah, it is. It's so clear. After a while, you really get where you can read things. You know, the skill, of course, never stops growing, but you get so you can look at something, and my goodness, and understand it. Your skills keep, they still keep growing, but it's really, it starts to really, it's wonderful. To be able to look at water and know what it's doing and why. So I I actually thought of something. So considering where you've been in aviation, I mean, you've gone through the atmosphere. You have left the building, as Elvis would say. Do you find yourself looking up more or looking down more? Because I know we're talking about, you know, being in nature and you get to look at you know the amazing beauty <clears throat> of what you get to see on the ground, do you find yourself looking up or down more when you're flying? Well, I'm not sure I got the right answer, but um, you do more looking. You do more looking. You're not just navigating by radios. You do more looking. I think you do a lot more looking down, and that's because you're not looking down on concrete or asphalt. You're not looking down at an architected airport. Right. You do that, too, but you're looking down all the time to assess your situation, where you are, what you're going to do with it, and you're looking down for the nature. You're looking down, you know, you're more immersed in the, in the geography and in the beauty and the trees and this and that, the whole thing. So I think you do, your, your mental state is much more in terms of being immersed in nature and what you can see from an airplane than your standard flight. And it's the way it has to be. Right. I think we see as many alligators and, and logs and cypress knees as we see boats on some of the lakes around here that we, we fly in and train in. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> I don't want to run into anything. Nah, they don't bother you. They, they usually get out of the way. They only come for the bad students. <laughs> so you had nothing to worry about you there. You had nothing to worry about. <laughs> well, it is... <clears throat> objects in the water you know below Certainly. the water that, that's sort of a little nightmare i need to have nightmares i will our, never our, say i will never say i won't ever do that because mm-hmm. you've let your guard down 
You always say it's a possibility story. You got to keep thinking. So you just got, you literally have the ink drying on your single engine C today. Um, multi engine C's next. Yeah, well, this was, <clears throat> believe it or not, this was as exciting and as challenging as any certification or any graduation I've ever had. I mean, it, I was. I was a little, you know, nervous. I was wondering how this is going to turn out. This unbelievable art, you know, glassy water LVR, and my goodness, hitting that attitude ahead of time and the right power for the right descent. You all listening to this broadcast, you know what I'm talking about. But um, this was as challenging uh, as anything I've ever done in the flying space uh, space kind of world. But it was also, you know, just as meaningful and rewarding to me. Uh, but doing that at age 85 is another element. Uh, it's another element, period. So life happens. You know, but it's I'm, important for people to see that you can do this at 85. I mean, it's, that it's attainable even. Yeah, it is attainable. And don't stop living until you're, but, <laughs> until you're done living. <laughs> it's just a fact of life. You have to work harder at it, period. I'm not being negative about 85 but you have to work harder at it than if you're 25. So unlike a lot of the uh, flying that we see in today's world where we're getting more automated every year with the next model of airplane and the next level of avionics, you know, we always talk about the fact that flying these J3s and flying seaplanes kind of brings you back to basic airmanship skills. The time machine. It sure does, and sure does my air cam, you know, open cockpit. And, uh, in fact, it's a seaplane. You cheat a little bit because you're multi-engine and you've got differential thrust. That does help in certain situations, of course. But it is a very creative enterprise. So what's your next adventure? What are you going to do with your air cam? Where are we going? What do you mean, where are we going? It has three seats. <sighs> No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Does it really? <laughs> yes, I have three seats. I got one for the dog. Oh. I, I'm not even mad. I'll take it. Well, you got to take what the do you dog. Mean? You can't what? leave the dog at home. No, I'm in the dog seat. Oh, oh you're in the dog seat. She's yeah. going to she's gonna throw the dog out. She's. I see. No, no, no. The dog sits with me. Oh, on your lap. Oh, I yes. see. Oh, okay. So we're all together seat. in this. Well, the dog, you know, there is a cargo compartment, too, so the dog... <laughs> The Wait, dog. are you talking about me or the dog in the car? No, I'm talking about the dog. You could put the little dog's nest, you know, back there, as long as they're as restrained as the cargo is, because the propellers are behind. You know, you end up in the prop if you leave. We end up with a hot dog. Oh. No, uh, no, a hamburger. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry, guys. Is that is that even better than the flying trout? <laughs> Oh, no, we don't need to. <laughs> we don't need to do that again. I don't, I don't, oh, think, I, I don't think I was funny there. <laughs> I, ooh, it was dark. That was some dark humor. Um, just so I can come along for the ride. I'll sit wherever I need to. Could be a wing walker, too. Ooh. How would those you like, women, though. How would those you like women. to be out on a float during the flight? That's a first, maybe. I have people sending me those videos where oh, they'll they hand. Did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's already been done. Well, they'll shut the engine off. It'll be a J3 up at 5,000 feet, and then they'll hand prop standing on the wheel. I don't, I don't know of any of those people. They're just anonymous. They're uh, all. I don't know any of them. Yes. People just send me videos. I'm like, good grief. The J3 is a sweetie. You just got to love it. It's true. 
very responsive. Just, you know, pitch bank and power. It's gorgeous. Just ask her off the water. Ask her to land. Right. He's very kind to her, and she'll do what she asks. What you ask. Yeah, and you don't have an excess of power. Mm-hmm. It, you have to actually fly the airplane. Exactly. And yes. I think it helps you fall in love with flying all over again. Keep the stick in your lap. Stick back. Stick <laughs> back. <laughs> stick <laughs> back. <laughs> Stop. It wasn't that bad. I don't no. even know the story. I'm just guessing. No, it just, I wasn't catching on as fast as I should have been. Just Stick life. back. I wasn't catching on as fast. I needed more prompting along the way. I think it's if just um, life. If I have a ringtone for you now, it's gonna I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna set that as your ringtone for me. Stick yes. back, and then Abby's around here. Yes. The nose is up. Push forward on the throttle. Don't I, go I, any slower. I Whatever did, you do, don't I, go slower. I did learn my lessons, but believe me, you'd have been proud of me today. I nailed it. With your voice talking to me, yeah. So, what about flying from the back seat uh, as pilot in command, or as uh... <clears throat> the back seat was just? I wondered about how that would be. I wondered about you know, but um, as Abby will tell you awful well, it, you really establish pitch attitude is so important in so many aspects of it. The back seat gives you outrageous pitch information, where you put all the screws on a canopy or the canopy itself or all the rest of that, <clears throat> it does give you the lessons that pitch attitude is critical. He comes home and uh, so he comes back to the house and he's like, that Abby, he goes, I only have like three instruments and she covered them all up. <laughs> and she was, when I'm not behaving, she's got her hand over the tack. Oh, so I was just resting it there. Or she got her hand over the airspeed and man, I'm... But okay, there's an important lesson there that seaplane flying feel is a critical part of the business. It's not just analytical and numbers and pitch. The feel, step man is feel. Absolutely. So I think, again, you're working with nature, I think, and compared to all the other flying, feel is very critical. It's not just numbers and analytics. Yeah, you can read the book, but until you go out there and actually do it, and I think that's one of the big things that I think is very similar to aerobatics until you go out there and actually do it, uh, you, you don't understand it. Step turning, how could you possibly do that without feel? And are you on a step or not? And how well are you on a step? Even a plow turn, feel is part of the business. And how much can you turn, you know, and stability? You're working at all the time. Stability, how tight a turn, centrifugal force. The you're wind right hump. on the edge. You feel, so yeah. feel is critical. And where's that second hump? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wherever. Can't find it half the time. <laughs> I like because it, it changes your priorities. I'm sure you saw that where I cover your tack. Well, that what are you hand, focusing on? You never land an airplane staring at the tack. That hand to go up there. <laughs> so dear. You know, a rough water landing set 1400-ish. Ish. And you know, I'm not looking at that tack coming into land. And the other problem is she got more hair than the other instructors, so I can't oh. see through the hair. That's blocking the other instrument. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she turns her head, it takes away, you know, the other instrument. So I'm always wondering what I got. <laughs> I need a haircut. Thanks for pointing that out. But it's, um, no, it's a nice way to drive. And so, feel, I, I'll emphasize that again, and Abby taught me. Feel is critical. Yeah. What does 1,400 RPM sound like? Yes. How yeah. much 
uh, attitude can you put in at 1,400 RPM to get the right yeah, airspeed, which you're yeah. feeling? And, and also the motion. How is it going? Yeah. And so as opposed to a lot of other flying, you put the numbers in there, and that'll take care of things. But so much the creativity of the water, the wind, and the currents, and all the rest of that stuff, you feel, you're feeling the response, and, and feel brings you, as Abby would say, to the objective of what you're trying to do. Yeah, and, and so it's not just feeling the airplane, because then when you get on the water, now you have this completely different medium that you have to feel. You have to not only feel the, the uh, airplane, but you have to feel the water as well. So, uh, AirCam multi-engine C is next, and then I hope we can take some adventures, get out there and do some flying with you. Okay, for sure. Well, so I have to fly next, the Super Cup? Fly with me next week. <laughs> AirCam. Uh, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm coming with you. Yeah, she's, right. she's, she's already gonna, packing her bags. I'm packing my bags <laughs> as we're doing the podcast. Ready to go. You're just going to have such great adventures. So you plan on taking that down to the Bahamas? Where else I do you like, plan on going? I like blue water so well um other than the bahamas hispaniola puerto rico turks and caicos and keep rolling all the way to south america that's my big journey wow so because i love blue water and i love water so you want to be a seaplane pilot look at that water that's outrageous water of course there's water everywhere that's the other thing yeah. about being a seaplane there's water everywhere i don't care what state you're in there's piles of water out there and that's what makes it so much fun a lot of landing options. If you look at how many airports yes. there are in the United States and how many lakes there are in the United States, the options are limitless. The world people. opens up to you, especially yeah. with you on an amphib. So you have the option of yes. land or sea. That's cheating. It is cheating. It is cheating. You get but, easy access to fuel. But I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, Story, I'd like to once again congratulate you on being the world's newest seaplane pilot which you, I'm, I'm you won't be able to carry that title for too long because uh, we may have already lost it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it's only seconds old <laughs> maybe we'll have you come back and talk about the multi-engine rating as well in the air cam uh but uh it, you know it's been an honor to spend some time with you and uh so proud of you and so glad you've joined our ranks um yes, as a, a seaplane pilot and, and by, I'm, I'm sorry i'm late Okay, I'm well, late. we'll forgive that. I am late to the party. Better late than never, Yes. Right? But he is a lifetime SPA member, so we'll give I him actually, a mulligan on that. I am. <laughs> I'm a donator, too. Yes, yes. he is. Absolutely. So uh, we would really like to thank you for coming on today. Uh, you had a, a kind of a, a long day of flying uh, and taking a check ride, and then letting us literally grab you out of the check ride. And uh, getting you in here to do this podcast is, is awesome. So thank you so much, really. Just a pleasure yeah, you, flying with you. You taught me. And so the early days, you know, I was really worn out after a couple of flights with you. And each day got better, even though the learning was more intense. But like today, I'm, I'm fresh. Today, you know. He's got that really adrenaline fresh. going. He came in after getting that that, that uh the check ride done. He was like, I got it. I got it. Well, I'm telling you, it was, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a real challenge. And I was, you know, I got up for it just as much as any other challenge I've had. And I'm just as proud of having done it. You know, it's a lot of information. I say that it's a fire hose of information that we project at the students, but you listened. And like what we talked about, it's such a yeah. huge, 
responsibility that the student has to absorb what the instructor is telling them. So just appreciate it. You know, you listen. You made your own life very easy. And do the syllabus, too. Do your homework. Be a dedicated student. Do the syllabus and do the books. It pays off because then you go and you know know what you got to do. Okay. I want to close the show out with one of your favorite memories of flying in space. We'll go from seaplanes back to space to close out the show. What was one of your favorite memories of the space program or flying in space? It was um, being in the window at night. Seeing the roar over thousands of miles, the pink and green shooting up and down. Seeing the meteoroids, the shooting stars come in between you and Earth. They're not above you. And so it's the night view and the moon racing across the ocean at 18,000 miles an hour and then racing down the, the rivers. And the dance of the stars and the city lights where they meet each other on that uh, where you're used to in a seaplane looking the water and the land. But here's the dance between the stars and um, and the city lights. So it's that one view of you floating in a window in which if you take the time uh, to do night passes, I think that's about as high a moment as I've had in space and to think about, you know, what this is all about. Awesome. Spectacular. Well, thank you so much. We really, really, really appreciate it, and I hope we can continue this conversation. I'm sure we will. <laughs> glad you joined us today (laughs) if you like today's show i highly encourage you to join the seaplane pilots association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world members receive water flying the only full color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community and it's available in both printed and digital form Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events, not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.